Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What's going on, everybody? We are live with Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 212. Kyle Bennett, Matt Castorina, live from Underground Studios with a special guest on the line that we will get to in just a minute. But as always, show brought to you by Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, which we will be at Ducharms again on Saturday. Very excited for that show. Uh, obviously, our friends at... Uh, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Security 21, Wainwright Bernhardt Funeral Home, Bob Novick Automall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And of course, on the line with us tonight to uh, check in with all of her adventures down in Florida from Philly Spring Training. And we're going to talk a little flyers because she also shoots uh, some amazing photos for the orange and black. The one and only Heather Berry's checking in with us tonight. Heather, welcome back from spring training, and thanks for hopping on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me come on. So we're going to get a unique perspective of spring training. Heather, one of the best photographers I know in the Philadelphia area and just in general, uh, down at spring training. What was the experience like, you know, getting in with this team, kind of going into a new era of Phillies baseball, obviously with Joe Girardi down there? What was the, the vibes down in Clearwater? Oh my God. It was fantastic. Um, baseball's back first of all. Thank so goodness. Very excited. Um, the Girardi era is going to be really interesting. Um, he's a very serious guy. Um, I, everybody just looks very happy to be there. Um, he came out for like pitchers and catchers a majority of the time. We call him clipboard Joe because he runs around with a clipboard <laughs> or a roll of paper. He's very adamant about team players. Um, he's always doing huddles. It's really interesting to see his work ethic versus a prior era. So I'm very excited for this team this year. As you saw, Scott Kingery looks jacked. Um, Reese has a new batting stance. It's uh, all this new kind of... New players, a new different field of the team. So I'm looking forward to seeing the Philadelphia Phillies this season kind of emerge. Now, of course, one of our, our prides and joys, Alec Bohm, is down in spring training. Uh, and I just saw before we went live, he was part of the Fanavision video as well, which gets us very excited. Uh, what did you think of what you saw from Alec Bohm? I saw you got that one amazing shot that we put out. Uh, with our promo tweet saying that you were coming on the show, but what'd you see from Alec Bohm? Um, I see a lot of potential. I'm very yes. excited to see some of these prospects out live because um, I've never seen them before. So going to spring training, you see a lot of new faces, um, signings, the young kids. So uh, you're looking at the Phillies' future right there, I think. Uh, fantastic. I'm hoping it's sooner rather than later. <laughs> yes. Um, but I'm very eager to see how that role plays out in the long term. And then, of course, the the thing that's breaking the internet is Bryce Harper's new head of hair. Just absolutely oh, yeah. flowing. Just full Chad embracing <laughs> it. I love it. Um, you know, what's, what did you see from Bryce and just how he's, you know, getting a full spring training in now? Uh, for the first time with the Phillies? Oh, man. Um, first of all, I saw the hair. <laughs> Love it. Um, I have so many questions. So <laughs> is he going to grow the beard out is my first question. Because if you're going to keep growing your hair out, you got to grow the beard. Um, he, he was hitting homers. He was hitting bombs the other day at BP. So I'm very eager to see him in action. He's got big dad energy now. Um, yes. <laughs> it's true. He's got it's the power of crew. as a dad. You can't underrate yeah. that. Yeah. 
I love the new um, sweat headband he has with Crew's name on it. That's really cute. Um, I believe everybody was making comments that he looks like Jason Worth. I believe. <laughs> that was killing me. Um, so I kind of can't unsee that. So <laughs> I'm oh, hoping. Full, yeah. full circle there. Yeah. Yeah, really. I'm hoping to see a lot of dingers from him. So I'm very excited. He looks I feel like he looks in the best shape he's been. He's happy to be here. He loves the fans. He loves the passion here. I feel like he knows that we appreciate him, and I have a good feeling about this season, but I don't know what you guys think. <laughs> <laughs> now, obviously, you get the, the unique perspective of you get to capture every game through a camera lens. What is mm -hmm. that experience like for you, you know, getting that you know different vantage point for a baseball game, just knowing – you know, baseball games can go on forever. There's no clock in baseball. Um, what's yep. <laughs> the difference, obviously, because you also shoot hockey. What's the difference for you shooting between baseball and hockey that you either love or it's a little bit different? You kind of have to adjust to it. I The biggest adjustment for me and the best advice I got, because initially I shot a little bit of raised baseball in Tampa, um, but it that was a little different. Um, That's inside. Going into it. <laughs> Yeah, going as a fan with a camera was a little bit different than going as a media member. Um, baseball, you have to create an image. Uh, hockey, most of the time, the images are just kind of created. There's a lot of action, intensity. Um, you can make a lot more good frames. But I feel like baseball really goes to that creative aspect of it can get really long. Um, and it can get almost boring. So... You can only take so many picture, uh, photos of like at-bats, of pitchers, of certain plays, but it's all about perspective and angle. Um, you have free range in baseball for the most part versus hockey. We're usually assigned in certain positions each period. We can't really like move around. So I think that part of baseball is really refreshing. Um, I can, you know, basically we can move in between innings which is nice. So I could go upstairs and shoot down elevated. Um, I can do like wide angles of the whole ballpark and fan interaction because those games last sometimes three to five hours or more. So I think hockey, depending on where you're shooting in your vantage point, if you're shooting down on ice level, it's the game is so fast. You don't have time to think you're just shooting. Um, Baseball, time is a little bit more of a longer concept, so it gives you more creative expression. That's awesome. Yeah, I like that uh, juxtaposition, like a little more methodical with baseball. You have that time to actually think. And, how, and I think that's more representative of playing the sport, too, is, you know, baseball, you probably do have more time as a player to think and position yourself, whereas hockey, yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, a shift in hockey is 30 seconds is a long time. So it, it is yeah. kind of interesting how it works on the athlete side and then those covering the sport, you know, you kind of feel the same way. Yeah, Absolutely. Who's your favorite mascot to shoot between the fanatic and gritty? You can't do this to me. <laughs> you know I can. <laughs> Gritty's great. Um, I adore Gritty, but the fanatic is the OG. I gotta go with the fanatic. I feel like um, with your concept too of like how baseball like has that time frame, like the fanatic has more time to do his shenanigans than Gritty would during a hockey game. Oh yeah. I mean, I feel like since the incident with Gritty and the kid, um, Gritty's been a little bit more tame lately. <laughs> but the fanatic just does whatever the fanatic wants. <laughs> Which is great. Yeah. If, on, if only the, the Astros were coming to Philadelphia, I could only imagine the fanatic oh, with a trash can oh, in his hands. Oh, my God. I... <laughs> Well, you already had Gritty. Gritty do it once. He had the uh, he he broke out the yeah. trash can with the Astros right when the yeah. news first broke, which was really entertaining. Yeah, he went he went straight savage. I mean, I didn't expect anything less from Gritty. <laughs> now you were obviously down in Florida, and you got the chance to shoot the Flyers Lightning game, and you're very well versed with the Fly guys. Uh, mm -hmm. Third place now. Thoughts on on how they're doing, and and what do you expect? You know, for this little last stretch run that they have to. Uh, potentially make a nice little playoff run. We talked about it last week, saying that they have a, a good shot to, to give us some playoff hockey. What are your thoughts on from somebody who gets a chance to cover the team the way that you do? 
I think they're pretty hot right now. Um, I was really hopeful last season um, about the team and the young guns coming up and just the new era with Elaine Vigneault. I love him. I think he's a fantastic coach. I think that's really changed the players' viewpoint of the game. This year, they've been a little bit more aggressive in their own zone. Um, occasionally, we don't see as much passing. That still happens, but I love that AV takes accountability on these players. And I really see this team kind of making a good playoff push. I, I'm hoping for, like, round two or more. I, I don't. I don't want to see them like fight for a wild card spot, but I know that that might be the outcome at this point because our division's pretty good, <laughs> to say the least. But, oh my god, I know we're we're stacked against this talent that all just came over from the West. So it's it's crazy. I really see this team really making a nice playoff push. So I hope my predictions are right. <laughs> now, obviously, the trade deadline's coming up too, and friend of the show. One of our former hosts, Brooke Destra, is very on brand with Jeff Carter. Yep. Would you like the return of Jeff Carter to Philadelphia? <sighs> I don't know. I feel like that's – I know Flyers are known for returning prior players to the team. Um, hence, JVR, Simone Gagne. You see numerous players coming back. But I just don't think it's necessary – I, I, I like him out in L.A. I know it's it's Flyers West basically on the Kings, but I just I don't see it working out. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they make any kind of notable moves that, in your opinion, would you know help this team you know down the stretch and, and make them that much deeper? Or would you rather them just kind of stay put because if it ain't broke, don't fix it? Yeah, I think I think there might be a couple moves. There's a lot of rumors about Ghost um, being an offensive defenseman, value changing. Um, I don't really know about his point in the team right now. I love Shane. Um, Florida boy, kind of from the same area a little bit. Watched him play college hockey. I mean, he really excelled. So I see something going on. Either that or like a, we got to fill a center role. We have Limblom that's in treatment. And, you know, with Patrick being uncertain, I think we're going to look for some kind of depth or a sniper. I mean, Ghost has been someone I think that's perennially on the, the trade deadline talks. Mm -hmm. And, it, you know, anyone, anytime someone suggests that the team needs to make that extra move, Ghost seems like the past year and a half has been the name. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, it gets to a point where you almost don't believe any rumor that involves because it's such I think it's such an easy name at this point to, to put out there and say, like, yeah, but he, I I would feel a little devastated without Ghost just because to me, he was kind of the big uh, spark to this revival of the Flyers like team. Yeah, you know, th I three agree. years ago, this was the guy that was we were all kind of expecting to be one of, if not the face of the franchise moving forward. So it certainly feel like a hole's left. If, if we lost Chris, but yeah, I, I agree. I think I remember his rookie year. It was, we were all excited. Um, and it's just, he just gets thrown in these trade rumors so much. I don't know if they're actually going to move him based on the defensive line that we have now, but I do see some kind of move happening, but I know the flyers are just going to throw a curveball at us. So who knows? <laughs> Very true. Plus, like, you know, with Ghost getting thrown in all these trade rumors, it's almost like how much does that affect his mental psyche and how he performs on the ice and why he's kind of had this bit of a decline as well. It's like how much does that weigh on him? Is he actually, you know, listening into, you know, the, the social media trade rumors and stuff like that? Like, if you're looking at that constantly, that has to weigh on your mind at least a little bit, knowing that people are just willing to throw you in trades left and right. I agree. And I think that was discussed prior in the year that he was well aware of how much that could affect his gameplay because um, the rumors were flying around and, you know, he didn't know what was going to happen. So he has to fight for a spot and, you know, keep himself here. Is Kevin Hayes the character that is portrayed to us, the fans, through, you know, Twitter and all of these videos and, and photos that come out? Is he the same way in person? Because... We were very skeptical of the Kevin Hayes signing 
when it happened just because of the money, the position he plays. And we've come to the conclusion that he is the guy that has kind of sparked this team off the ice and been that locker room culture guy that has, you know, given this team a bit of an identity and a swagger uh, this season. How has Kevin Hayes, in your opinion, kind of helped this team? I I think he's great. He's fantastic, all fair. Um, he's just a goofball. <laughs> <laughs> He really, he's just genuinely goofy, um, and he's just full of personality. I remember when we signed him, and everybody was very upset about the money um, and the value that he would bring to the team. But, I mean, watching him from the Rangers, and he's just so, I would say he's, like, confident, kind of cocky. Like, we need that personality in mm-hmm. the locker room. It's been a couple years. We don't have those flashy, cocky players like he, he is, you know? It's been what 2012 I think was the last year I'm trying to think like Briz was just out of his mind <laughs> yeah Briz was a little uh, more uh chaotic whereas Kevin yeah, is a, yeah chaotic energy from him he's much um, more positive influence I feel yeah yeah I mean you just need that personality in the locker room um I think that he brings energy to the team and you know you need that kind of presence in the Flyers room, I feel like he tries to milk everybody's personality out as much as possible, and I kind of love it. Um, it brings good energy to the team. And, I mean, let's talk about those shorties he keeps scoring. So, I think I think in the long-term value, he's definitely worth it. He's a veteran guy. Um, he's got the personality on and off the ice. And I, I see good potential. I think he's a great signing. It's exactly what the team needed. Yeah, he's been a a complete, you know, whirlwind of, you know, us going from what the hell did we just do to, yeah, this guy's awesome. Um, What are you most looking forward to, you know, this Philly season uh, as we get set? You know, we are a couple days away from the first spring training game, which happens on Saturday. But overall, from what you were able to take in while you were down in Florida, what's your, you know, biggest takeaway that has you super excited for this baseball season? And uh, this stretch run of Flyers hockey, what has you most excited about the Flyers? I feel like it's going to be a busy uh, busy postseason for the Flyers. And the Phillies are going to – I think the Phillies are going to be great. I feel like a lot of these players really focused on baseball and how they could be – you know, I've never seen this team – they're all so fit. I feel like they really focus on the offseason getting in shape and really getting into that mentality of baseball. Um, and as for the Flyers, I just feel like the roster changes that we made in the season and, you know, the coaching changes for both the Flyers and the Phillies really just brings fl- uh, fresh blood to the teams and kind of gets the fans engaged in the sport again. So it's been pretty enjoyable to watch the Flyers kind of push for, you know, a playoff spot here. So I'm looking forward to both teams and I'm definitely looking forward to baseball. I I wish I could make the trip back down to Florida for these games, but I'm very excited to go back to Citizens Bank and do the work again. Well, you know, I always tell you, your your baseball photos give me life, and they give they should be giving everybody life, so let everybody know, Heather, where they can uh, follow you on social media, check out your photos, and uh, make sure that they're getting all of that good Flyers and Phillies content from you as much as possible. Absolutely. So I shoot for SB Nation, um, Broad Street Hockey on Twitter for Flyers coverage and the good fight. And that's going to be for your Philly content. Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm Heather B. Images. And Instagram, you can find all the good content there on Heather Berry Images, all one word. And yeah going to be a busy season in the next month or so super excited you're the absolute best thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule i know you just got back from florida uh to hop on and uh you're welcome anytime because we love what you do uh we love your phillies photos your flyers photos are top notch and uh you're one of the best people i know so you're always welcome on the show whenever you have the time oh i appreciate you guys so much thank you again absolutely we'll talk to you soon yeah, have a good night. Very excited for Philly season now. Yeah, I mean, um, I think we're all very excited. 
it does feel a little bit like you're falling in the trap of like, uh, okay, we're getting amped up Here again. We we're getting we're getting sucked in. We got some new faces, <laughs> but I think the some of the optimism has to feel at least a little bit real because there is some tangible reason to hope that there's uh there's going to be a difference this year and that you know some new faces mm-hmm. on both the managerial level and uh, coaching level as well as some new players and hopefully some some good health for uh, for this season. I think there's plenty of reason. I saw, um, I think it was ESPN posted their like uh, projections for the standings. They had the Phillies at 77 wins. Can I just say that is egregious? That is ridiculous. Like, listen, if you want to say the Phillies are like a low 80s, you know, team, okay, like whatever. That's probably worst case scenario for mm-hmm. this year, right? You know, uh, right back to where we were last year. But 77 wins? Yeah, that's like, a little. Like, unless like we have some major injury problems, I don't see how this team is at 77 wins. They also had the Mets winning the division, as if that will oh, ever. Oh, I did see that. I think that was like the. Um... The Pakoda rankings or something yeah, like that. Okay. Absolute garbage. The Pakoda. What is that? Get them out. Is that a hipster, like, fleece jacket company? Pakoda. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely terrible. Uh, the Phillies are going to win more than 80 games this year, as long as everybody stays healthy, obviously. But I, I mean, think... even with an injury-ravaged team, this team won yeah. more, that last year won more games than that. <laughs> like, it's just kind of obscene. It's not like this team has faded off here and like you're expecting some big regret you're expecting positive mm-hmm. progression this year I don't and know. they've they've added to this team to make them better like you have a, a number two starter this year at least you have a solidified shortstop that you know for all intents and purposes is going to have a, a comeback player of the year type season in Didi Gregorius this team got better obviously there's still a lot of guys from last year that are still here that won 80 plus games last year you added two big pieces that are going to help this team win a lot more games this year, in my opinion. Plus, you have a manager that I think is going to add wins to this team. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I, I just think it's nice to be a little underrated this year. You, you whereas last year, coming into March, I think we all felt um, really optimistic. We were certainly when we we're sitting in the high hopes at the end of games. Um, it wasn't just uh, because it's routine because we genuinely felt like this team could win a World Series yes. up until Memorial Day, and they were like, oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Right. <laughs> we need more, and we don't have it. Um, but, you know, I, I do think, like, I, I'm personally optimistic uh, about the, the Philly season and, and what they can accomplish. And I'm not I'm not really sold on this team being necessarily a World Series contender. I, I think there's still at least a piece away from that. Um, but, you know, baseball is a, a sport that can surprise you. No one thought the Minnesota Twins were going to be as, as good of a team as they were last year, right? Like, they, they came in the season surprised a lot of teams. That Nobody can, saw the Washington Nationals winning the World Series last year, especially I, after being 10 games yeah. back in the division in May. Yeah, I mean, it, what, preseason they were well-liked. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you get into, you know, the first two months of the year, it's like, oh, everyone who had picked them went pretty quiet. But, yeah, I mean, you know, there's, there's lots to be said about what can change and you know, they, they can just be, again, I, I do wonder what just a different voice can do for this team and, and, and the change it can inspire. And, you know, everyone's kind of had a year to settle. You get a full Bryce-like offseason now. You know, like last year was so harried at the kind of the, the near end of the offseason with signing Bryce. And it felt like that was like the last piece that came really late into the, you know, the, the This time last months. year, he still had not signed. Which is kind of crazy when you think about it. And, um... Yeah, so I, I think it's good that everyone's kind of more solidified this year, and yeah, I, I think why not? I, I I would love to see this team back in the playoffs. I'd love if every Philly sport mm-hmm. uh, made the playoffs uh, this year. I think that'd be that'd be the first time, and I don't even know A how long, long that everyone has made the playoffs. Um, and I mean, you'd have to say it's a pretty decent shot, especially when you consider what the uh, the NFL is apparently planning to do. Yeah, and we'll get into that as well, but. Uh... Some some headlines from spring training that came out over the weekend in the past couple days. Uh, Gene Segura has quit alcohol. He was he dropped uh, ten to fifteen pounds this off season by quitting wine and whiskey. I forget if it was a baseball player or an NFL player that said they lost like thirty pounds because they stopped <laughs> drinking Patron. <laughs> I forget who it was, but it was like, wow, you were drinking a lot, a lot. <laughs> And that's even, like, with Gene Scarlett, like, 15 pounds giving up whiskey and wine. Like, you're a baseball player. You are moving constantly. You're out in the hot well, sun. Well, most baseball players for sure. are. <laughs> <laughs> Not Gabe Kapler's uh, favorite guy, Pablo Sandoval. Uh, 
But like Gene Scorer playing a position like he does at shortstop, second base, you know, when a play happens, you are constantly shifting and moving your body. He lost 15 pounds this offseason giving up whiskey. Like, I would hate to tell someone else how to live their life because whatever. He's gotten to this point athletically, you know, off of his own hard work and I'm sure natural talent as well. But um, how do you get to his age and think, hey, maybe I should stop drinking so much? It just kind of, like, blows my mind that, like, these athletes, like, you know, like, have all these, like, terrible habits. And it's like, man, like, how have you gotten this far? And, I mean, Gene Segura's a good player. It's not like he's a scrub. Like, and he just, how? That also speaks to, like, what the actual hell was going on in that clubhouse last year that Gene Uh, Segura. It was Fortnite Friday. (laughs) Is that what you mean? Was, you know, just kicking back, boom, whiskey, like, which probably seemed like every day with the way that he's, you know, dropped weight and leaned out. I was I was blown away. 15 pounds just from quitting whiskey. As an athlete, that's just insane. It was Lendell White lost more than 30 pounds go. this offseason in his fourth training camp with the Tennessee Titans at his slimmest weight since high school. Uh, how, how did he lose the weight? He gave up Patron tequila. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um... But, I mean, you know, you, you go back and think about Gabe Kapler and some of the things that he had or you I know, try not to think did not it. have instituted. And it's been brought up a ton on, you know, podcasts that I've listened to recently. And, like, I totally forgot about the whole thing where Gabe Kapler just told the Phillies players not to have alarm clocks. Like, they can just get up whenever they want. There's no, there's no time thing there. Like, Girardi, like Heather said, is strict, has kind of this... This plan set. Do you for think Gabe Kapler's ever seen a clipboard? <laughs> <laughs> I've never been to summer camp, but I would imagine at summer camp there's always one counselor that's like really laid back and like lets you sneak <laughs> out of the like the the cabins to like the girls' camp, and that counselor is Gabe Kapler. Totally. And we know he has uh, unfortunate run-ins with <laughs> those <laughs> with, types of things with people under his control having late uh. night soirees. <laughs> God damn it, Gabe. Zing! Glad uh, he's not with us anymore. Yeah. I, I, I can't stress it enough. I'm very excited for Joe Girardi. Like, yeah. you know, we we grew up hating him because in that era of Phillies baseball, obviously he was the Yankees manager, played against him in the World Series, and I couldn't stand Joe Girardi. But now that he's he's like one of those guys that now that he's ours, I absolutely am endeared to him and, and love him. Like, I'm very excited to see what he does with this team and you know, Saturday, obviously the first spring training game of the season. Don't know if that one's on TV or not, because for whatever reason, there's only 10 Philly spring training games that are televised. Do better. Um, Just make it free. Yeah. It's spring training. It's not that hard. They, they, they put the games on YouTube like one a, what, one a week, right? Yeah. On, and in the regular season, just put all the spring training games on YouTube. Like, yeah. what do you have to lose? YouTube, Twitch, whatever you want. Yeah. Like, it's it's that simple. Um but I'm, I'm super excited to see what he brings to this team and how they kind of respond and what is going to be different in a positive way about how this team kind of just performs under a new voice, like you said. Yeah, I mean, again, I think there's plenty of potential with this team, and um, hopefully we, we realize some of that potential this year. Whereas last year was a lot of uh, untapped and um, very upsetting, uh, depressing, Injury uh, hair pulling, injury plague, excuses, nightmarish, nightmarish, hellish, uh, dark void, and from like really from July on, it mm-hmm. was like, why am I even watching right. baseball? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think you know, one other thing with Gene Segura, he said that the whole Andrew McCutcheon injury weighed heavy on him last season, and that was a big part of his kind of decline and. Um, I can't blame him, you know, watching one of your teammates, you know, suffer a season ending injury right in front of you. And it's because you quote unquote, didn't hustle out a ball and Kutch gets caught in a rundown. I can't blame Gene Segura for, you know, being hard on himself and that affecting the way he played last year. Yeah. I mean, also I'd imagine as well that seeing someone get injured and seeing that, oh, I drink whiskey every night and I'm overweight uh I should you know I I could be a better athlete if I just did this one simple (laughs) trick doctors ate him um yeah I I think that that certainly probably plays a part in it too and that you know when you you see someone suffer a pretty devastating injury um and Andrew McCutcheon by all means is a 
really professional guy takes good care of himself like if you're not doing the same and you look at that and think oh wow i should i should probably be doing better <laughs> um so hopefully every, and I, you know obviously i hope everyone took that lesson away because i think you know i think i think a lot of it had to do with the mixed signals from everywhere from from the the coaching and managing staff last season and gabe kapler was like such a weird like yoga teacher that was kind of just let you do whatever you want and i think that's a that can turn pretty toxic if you don't have the right other personalities around um and i don't think the phillies ever did and i think you know now with someone like girardi i think a little more routine and a little more regimented is probably what this team needs and i think the players would respond well to that it's not like you know we have a bunch of young dudes that don't want to be told like in, in given directions like look at the core of this team and it's a lot of veterans like dudes who are ready to win you know and i'm sure coming from someone like joe girardi who is a, a natural winner and has won before in the sport like you know that's that's going to hit a lot closer to home than someone like gabe kapler that i think was a really uh, just kind of unknown quantity and i think if you the the issue that kapler always had is that if you're going to be young and you're going to be like quote unquote progressive like he was, you, you have to back it up in some way. Um, and frankly, one of the ways to do that is is by winning or, or at the very least, like fostering an environment where the players feel like they're improving. And almost quite literally from day one of his tenure, it was all south with the players and with the fans. And I feel like we never got any of that back. And he was facing an uphill battle and was never able to to really establish himself. Whereas Girardi walks in from day one and has that respect that that I don't think Kapler ever really fully got from anyone. Totally by the way, either not even just players. I'm talking like fans. I don't think I ever really no. like majority bought into Gabe Kapler. I, I think again from literally opening day, everyone was like, "Oh wow, <laughs> I hate this guy." Yeah, um, and I you know. Joe Girardi, proven winner, wants to go win a piece of metal, as the commissioner calls it. Um, Jesus Christ. What a loser Rob Manfred is. Um, did you see Larry Boa's comments? Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, so I for, it was the most Larry Boa. You, yes. you could have just just asked anyone on the street and be like, hey, did you hear what Larry Boa had to say about the Astro players and what should happen to them? They could have formulated the exact sentence. That's what's so beautiful about it. Is It, it is quintessential Boa talk right there. Uh, just hit him in the ass. <laughs> Justin Clue, who is formerly of the good fight, and he writes for Baseball Perspectives as well, um, said that they should just you know, get Larry Boa on a caffeine high and throw him in the Astros dugout close the door and let him run rampant like a, a wolverine just with rabies why not like why not and like charlie Manuel like getting to like heckle <laughs> come here Arm, son arms arms folded just staring down why like god you know it, you know it's crazy about this Astros thing too is it's just and i think we even talked about this when uh the initial quote-unquote mm-hmm. punishment was handed out that this wasn't going to go away because no. the next week was an entire debate about the uh, the electronic buzzers and that those hadn't really been investigated and the players got immunity so it's like what was you know what was the point of investigating this um, and it's has not gone away uh, the players are rightfully upset about it mm-hmm. and it's not even just like you know we've heard from Trevor Bauer right and I like that he's continuing to still Trevor, stick Mike it Clevenger. to him. but you're Mike, Mike Trout. Trout talked about this. Mike Trout talks about two things. His home run that he hit last night and hunting. <laughs> and the Eagles. And the Eagles. Those are the those are the sound bites you get from Mike Trout. The fact that this man, who is the best baseball player I've seen in my life, has now openly talked about this is not good for the league. You you have Cody Bellinger and Correa getting into like a you know, kind of war of words here and, and talking about who knows what and, and what the facts really are and all this. It, none of it is good, and um, this toxicity is only going to leach into the, the regular season now, and these players have gotten to cheat and get away with it and then run their mouth all off season about it, um, and they're going to have to reap what they sow because I'm not a fan of, like, all the unwritten rule BS yeah, of baseball. I think bullshit. it's stupid. I can't stand it. It's so archaic and dumb. But these dudes are going to take some absolute lumps this year. And frankly, you know what? If I was a player, I would feel super pissed off too. Like, you've LeBron James. <laughs> like, Ultimate hashtagger. 
ultimate, I mean, he just goes for it. He is ultimate wine mom with the hashtags. <laughs> and but you you have LeBron, the most recognizable athlete in North American sports, talking about this and saying that if he was in these players' mm-hmm. positions, not on the Astros, he would also feel pissed. And he he would he would want some answers to this question too. And I wonder. If we're going to reach a new breaking point where, like, the problem is the investigation is technically closed and these players got immunity for, for yeah. whatever nonsense they actually gave in as part of this investigation. But you're going to hit a really tough breaking point. And I, um, I, I again, the fact that this has been a, a big talking point for the past few months and it has not gone away and it shouldn't mm-hmm. tells me that it's, it's not going to go away anytime soon either. You know, like it's, especially now as games start to be played, you're just going to be reminded you know, every day, a new player and part of it because it's spring training and like a lot of these guys haven't been out and talking to media. Right. So you're getting a big flurry of guys finally speaking up and saying, yeah, I'm pissed off, but it's, it's only going to, to, to snowball now, especially once fans start getting involved. Um, and, and you know, you, you Again, you're going to see guys get hit. Like, yeah, uh, and it's like, what are they going to do when it comes to opposing pitchers hitting these Astros players? You're going to suspend those players, but not suspend the Astros players for doing what they did, but you're going to suspend other players for hitting them for doing that? Like, Rob Manfred put himself in the worst possible position by giving the Astros players immunity in this whole thing, and now it's going to come back and bite him in the ass, and... Quite frankly, I just don't think he likes the sport of baseball, the way he's talked about it, you know, the past week and a half or so. And the more I just have to listen to him talk, I think I'd rather listen to Andy McPhail talk about the luxury tax than Rob Manfred about this situation. Because Andy McPhail, you'd feel, doesn't willfully hate the sport in which he's employed. <laughs> um, and Rob Manfred it just happens to be like the arbiter of the league, the one who's supposed to protect its integrity and make sure that in the future people still want to show up and pay $800 to watch their team uh, play a game that apparently you can just get cheated out of and you just got to pay five million bucks, a millionaire paying five million, a billionaire paying five million dollars mm-hmm. for a championship and some other schmucks losing their job. That's literally what it took. Yep. Like, what? Why? Why should no one else cheat if this is just going to be, like, the, the players don't get suspended, you know, just some managers lose their jobs and some front office guys get suspended. Who will eventually not have even jobs banned. again. Not even banned. Suspended. For a year. For a year. Pete Rose is banned for life and they won't even let him in the Hall of Fame because he gambled on some games. And these dudes willfully and and organizationally cheated so much that they had an intern make this up. And he still works for the organization, mm-hmm. this guy. He got promoted to a senior level. And you're just like, eh, well, what are you going to do? Like, eh, it's really tough. Uh, sorry. <laughs> not even sorry. They're not even apologizing no. anymore. They're ups- Rob Manfred is upset that you're upset about this. Yeah. <laughs> and the Astros players are so indignant about it, too. Like, oh, well, they, you know, we... It's in. You, did you read the commissioner's report? Did you read the commissioner's report? Because because I, 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 I'm, that's what it says. We we only cheated in 2017. It's just it's just it's sickening. And um, yeah, it's a bummer we don't get to see Houston in Philly because I would love to go watch it oh, and heckle. Yeah. Um, but I am looking forward to what will I'm sure be a absolute clown show. Every especially when they're on the road. Um, but they deserve it. Mm-hmm. Every single player on that team deserves it. I don't care. I really don't care about their feelings because they've been such schmucks about it. And the fact that they can screw over. By the way, just forget all the stuff about it, like being sport and like us getting upset because it's like, ah, they're ruining the game, whatever. These dudes screwed other people out of money, right? Like this This reminds me a lot of uh, Lance Armstrong when, mm-hmm. you know, he was obviously accused for a very long time of taking some sort of performance-enhancing drug of, of doping, which everyone in cycling dopes, so whatever. But he, he not only did he deny these things, he destroyed other people's lives mm-hmm. who accused him of this. And then it turned out, yeah, he was doping the entire time. Like, these guys did the same thing. Like, they've been cheating for years. For a year, not even just a season, for years, and have screwed other people out of out of raises, out of actual careers. Awards, accolades that will help them down the line. Yeah. Aaron Judge is not going to have an MVP to his... And I hate the Yankees, and I hate yeah. Aaron Judge. But I think it's so unfair that Aaron Judge is going to go into what is already nonsense with the, the, the way that arbitration works in, in Major League Baseball, that they can just screw over players at will 
but he's not he's not going to have that extra thing to put on the table to get himself money like you are in a union yeah like technically like these are all your co-workers and mm-hmm. you are willfully screwing them over for like for what like i, I and the sad thing is, most of these Astros players are talented enough that they didn't have to do this, and they'd still have very similar stats. But the, but now you, I, I will, and I know a lot of other fans will always have a question about yep. how actually how good exactly. is Altuve? Actually, how good is he? Because he cheated, <laughs> and this isn't even like okay. So the steroids thing, right? And, and I've seen like all these these arguments about well the steroids era like those teams should be first of all that wasn't the organization from top to bottom imposing everyone took steroids and everyone took the best steroids and even when you take steroids you still have to go out there and be a good baseball player Mm -hmm. steroids help you get stronger and recover faster from from injury and fatigue that is what steroids do which is a a tremendous advantage in its own right Mm -hmm. but is nothing compared to knowing what the next pitch is going to be that is as clear of an advantage as you can get like if barry bonds with no juice knew what pitch was coming to him i would shudder like think of think of what happens when you go 2-0 down as a or 2-0 up i should say Mm -hmm. as a hitter and and look at guys slash lines at that right when you can pretty much guess what the next pitch is coming these guys are hitting like 500 like the, i'm talking like the upper right. echelon of players here you know not not everyone's doing this but think of those guys if they had that advantage all the time and that's not even knowing the exact pitch that's just you know based on game flow and based on just general knowledge 2-0 pitch like i know kind of what's coming at me it's it's just obscene and i i, I man man schmucks they are schmucks Every rob manford schmuck Oh Astros, schmucks. All dead Just to me. throw them in the trash cans. And you know what sucks, too, is I love the Astros. Yeah. And, like, I was like, wow. Like, you know, Phillies haven't been great for a while, like, especially when the Astros were really good. They were fun really to good. watch. It, they were a good story. Like, my entire life growing up, the Astros sucked. They were they were a joke. They had these god-awful, uh, like, they had the god-awful logo that they mm-hmm. switched. They had this whole rebrand. It was like, wow. Like, you they know what? They switched leagues. They did things right. You know? They, like, they, they tanked. They, they, they drafted They were the well. baseball Sixers. It was they, like, wow, they, they did a whole baseball and process and, and it you, worked. And then you find out it was all a lie. And not only are they not repentant about it, they are so smug and so arrogant about it. Um, they still lie about the circumstances to this day. You know, first Altuve didn't want to take his jersey off because his wife was... And by the way, I defended him from that. I said, yep. well, you know... He just wanted to save the jersey because it's a huge moment. Of course you'd want to save the jersey. Now I believe he was actually wearing a buzzer that night. I, I used to mm-hmm. think, you know what, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He says, I didn't want to take my jersey off because my um, – he could have literally just said, I didn't want to take the jersey off that night because I wanted to keep that jersey. Like this is a huge moment. Mm-hmm. I, w- I wanted to have that. I didn't want it to get soaked or torn or ripped or anything. I get it looks weird, but that's genuinely it. He comes out with this weird thing about uh, he doesn't want to take his shirt off because he's shy or his, his wife's wife, gonna get his wife's gonna get mad. Carlos then Correa's wife yelled at his wife like, "Why are you taking? Why is your husband taking my my husband's jersey off?" Because it happened earlier that season where Correa ripped Altuve's jersey off, and I was like, "Okay, weird, but whatever." And then this whole tattoo thing comes out, and I'm like, "What the actual hell is going on?" And Altuve has a tattoo now. And what what they said though is that it was a embarrassing tattoo. Isn't it's the his name of his daughter? Yeah, his daughter, wife or his right? daughter. How is that embarrassing? It's not <laughs> like he got like a Correa flat out said, "Oh, it was a, a terrible tattoo." Yeah. What? So it's just and none of it adds up, and it's like, what's the point in lying anymore? Like it's just it's exhausting. Um, but they deserve everything they get this season, as long as no one's like seriously injured. Right, like whatever. don't throw out their heads and well, stuff <laughs> no, like kidding, that. Kidding. Yeah, but you like, know, keep it, keep it as Larry Bow would say, throw it at their ass. But they they deserve it, and they deserve all the booze they get. Um, I I still think that if MLB was smart, if Manfred was smart, they would somehow flex the Yankees series to opening day because God damn it, we deserve it. That would be amazing. Um, yeah, make them make them start with like a month long road trip of like yeah. go go from New York to LA, uh, like both both LAs. Uh, then who else? Who else have they really screwed over with all of this? They, those are the those are the big ones. Isn't you throw it? the twins in there, probably. Back to the twins. Maybe make them go back to Washington and get like yeah. you like rub some dirt in it. Like, <laughs> haha, you cheat and we still beat you. And that's what sucks even more. It's like the Nationals are like the heroes now yeah. who stopped Ugh. the evil empire. And it's like, 
not only uh, one thing, you know, kind of no one really hates the Nationals like we do, of course. They look at it and think, mm-hmm. oh, like, you know, they won their first World Series. You. That's so awesome. No, Good for them. them. You know, they lost Bryce and they come back and win it the next year. And oh. then you add on the fact that they happened to beat a team that was willfully cheating and the last won three seasons. all the games on the road. <laughs> God. All the games the Nationals won were in Houston where all of this was happening. I hate Houston so much as a city, as an idea. As a ball club, I hate everything about uh, them. God, damn they it, are that the sucks. most hated team in my life. Like people hated the Warriors, people hated the Heat. They hated them. The, they hated those teams genuinely because they were good. Even the Yankees. You hate the Yankees mm-hmm. not just because they're good, because they have really annoying fans that watch like one game of the World Series and like talk your ear off. Twenty-seven like, rings. Yeah, it's like it's exhausting. Well, apparently rings don't matter because it's just it's, true. it's, it's just piece a piece of metal. metal. Um. And they are just, the rings are just smaller pieces of metal that could That's be true. easily lost. So what's the point? But you know, like I, I, hate I think it. it's them and the Patriots. But even the Patriots, like the you know some of the cheating stuff is like every genuinely every other team did, and it just only got blown up because it was the Patriots. But even then, like the Patriots have done it. Plus, like we Patriots didn't have even, done it for like twenty years and just being genuinely a good team. Like we I, didn't even get to check the tapes from Spygate because they were destroyed by a, a terrible commissioner too. Yeah. Um, but I think it's yeah, I think it's the Astros and the Patriots are like in their like own little realm together. I, th- I think around. the Astros is much worse because you know what the Patriots never were though they were never like arrogant about it, like about their about their their, their cheating right. Like they kind of like operated in the shadows. Like they like mm. they are the CIA and the like. I don't even know that the Astros are like the ATF after the Waco incident. It's like, <laughs> wow, uh, you guys just burnt down an entire like <laughs> entire complex. Like you guys should chill out. Like you need to relax. Do what they're doing and just I don't know, like depose dictators in Latin America or something. You don't need to do all this. <laughs> uh the Astros suck. Um But the Sixers are coming back, man. They got a game tomorrow, but before we do that, Mike Scott, friend of the show, is a true friend of the show. He truly is our guy. Uh, I got the opportunity to go to the Hive Appreciation Night on Sunday in Philly. Fantastic event put on by Mike's team, Red Bull Hoops, uh, the whole nine yards. It was awesome catching up with Alexis, who is Mike's agent that set him up with us and everything. This was unbeknownst to me. I had no idea this was going to happen. Mike shows up to his own event that he helped plan with his team, seeks me out, turns around, and he's rocking the Underground Sports Philadelphia hat that we gifted him this summer. What a guy. I was blown away. It was one of the coolest things. He wore it all night long. Uh, he asked how we were doing. Um, just a, a true man of the people, a true underground athlete, and uh, very thankful for Mike Scott. Yeah, I mean, man of the people is an overused term, but he, he really is. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, the fact that you could hang out with um, – an NBA player and just totally like from what I heard, just a totally normal, like genuinely like a totally normal, like you're just a big group of friends going out and watching the all-star game. And then he can make that feel so like just casual and normal speaks. I think a lot to his character. Mm -hmm. I think speaks a lot to the character of the fan base and, and everyone who who showed up and supports this. Um, It's, it's a really unique thing, you know, like it's not, I don't know. This isn't a very common thing, you know, especially in like a, a major four sport. Absolutely, you know, like athletes are are genuinely idolized, not befriended. Um, it's it's very rare to get that kind of just comfort and access with them. Like, you know, again, you you might you know, like the Flyers have like their uh, the Flyers wives like Carnival mm-hmm. and Charity, right? Where you get to you know you have to pay money, but you, you get to like do like a you play like ping pong with them or something. You get to meet them, like shake hands, all that. But to just kind of on your own own time to hang out and it's not the first time he's either done something like this too you know like he's he's definitely been a visible athlete so very cool um and you know genuinely i think if we had more uh mike scott type athletes in not even just in philly but in sports in general Mm -hmm. i think the world would be a better place because it's it's awesome for fans to get that kind of experience right to to have that time with a guy that plays for your favorite team like that's just genuinely cool no matter who it is like it was at a really cool spot in philly at north bowl um, and like, like you said, it was just like a bunch of friends hanging out, watching the all-star game. Nothing was like crazy over the top. Um, you know, there was prizes given out and everything from Mitchell and Ness who donated a bunch of stuff. 
Um, there was a dance competition that Mike Scott was the judge of, and it was absolutely hilarious. Zainab tweeted a video of that. You should definitely go check that out just for the audio alone. Um, but it, it was super cool. One of the coolest events um, that I think I've been a part of, and you know, for Mike, his team, and everything to have that you know kind of connection with us as well, and, and be part of our family here, I think is one of the coolest things uh, of this whole operation that we've been able to do uh, since we started this podcast. And um, very appreciative of Mike. This, this is all building towards Mike Scott hitting a like finals clinching <laughs> three, like it, or like a, a final sit, like a Ray Allen type three, yes. and like just. Not only being a, a cult hero, but like a true legend. Like he he might get a statue if he does he something might. like that. Like people, and I mean, it may get removed because it may not be necessarily sanctioned by the Sixers, but someone will build a statue yes. of this man. I truly do believe it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, he talked about how you know there was an opportunity for him to go elsewhere over the all-star break but he just wanted to be in philly he wanted to train he wanted to hang out with the fans and show his appreciation for them um yeah i mean just you know, that. normally players that don't go to the all-star game might go to the all-star game as well to like support whoever else is there mm-hmm. just you know be in the atmosphere but a lot of times these guys go on vacation something i would mike scott went on vacation but like hell yeah dude go on vacation like Enjoy. you deserve it like you you know we we often you know again you know, like People talk about how much like athletes are paying stuff, but you know, at the same time, like they, they work pretty hard mm-hmm. and they're on the road a lot. Like they don't have a lot of time to themselves and um, to, with the little free time that they do get, again to <clears throat> give some of that back to the fans is like just yeah, that's awesome. And you really can't ask anything more of an athlete to to do that with their free time. Yeah, his kids were at the event too, so it was like a, a very awesome like family environment and. Uh can't thank Mike and Alexis enough for letting us be part of that. But the Sixers got a game tomorrow night, Matt, against the Brooklyn Nets. Um, second half kicks off on this, you know, stretch run to really solidify, lock in, and, you know, clinch one of those top three playoff spots, hopefully get that three seed. Um, and speaking of which, Design Tree launching a new promo for the second half. Whole website, 20% off. Use promo code SPRING20 when you check out, 20% off your order. Can't beat it. But expectations for the second half for the Sixers. Obviously, it's an easier schedule than most. I believe it's the second easiest schedule overall in the league, which is a positive for them to kind of build momentum and and get higher in the standings. But how do you see the second half playing out? I don't think they'll lose a game. And I think uh, they will sweep everyone in the playoffs on their their way to a finals victory. I think that's all we could really expect. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I would like to see the road performances improve. I think the the biggest question mark on this last run of the regular season is um, what kind of continuation of Horford on the bench do we see? You know, we've we've heard some quotes from him that he expects to be on the bench again mm-hmm. and, and going forward. So the question becomes who that fifth starter is. We're going to stick with Furkan. Is it going to be Thibel? Is it going to be Robinson even? Who knows? I You know, there's going to be a little experimentation. Again, post-All-Star break with the Sixers. Um, your yearly tradition of shaking the team up and seeing what sticks. I don't know. It's a, there's, there's strangely more questions than I think we had uh, a week ago just because of everything that happened with Horford and that the team looked so much better offensively. But... On the same token, people have forgotten how devastating this team is defensively when Horford is on the court, and you can't lose sight of that either. And that that could be really important for the playoffs. So, I I think uh, for me, if they can continue, even if they slag off a little bit at home, but if they can continue what they they've been doing at the Wells Fargo Center this year, like that's just uh, uh, unbelievable, right? But I would imagine they'll cool off somewhat. Probably lose you know a few more games at home. Just um, I, I I can't see them finishing like with only two home losses in the season. Like, that's just obscene. Love it, but... Would love it. And it's certainly not out of the question. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I'd expect that to change. But what I'm really hoping is that the road performances somehow get fixed. But I I think it's... I'm kind of, like, praying for rain in the desert, right? And just hoping I get really, really lucky here. Because I I just... We've... We've theorized on why it is the, the way it is when this team goes on the road, and we still don't really quite know why. And um, hopefully, some again, hopefully, some a rain cloud just appears above us here, and, and we can get some luck. But I, I would really like to see this team improve on the road a lot, and, and like I said, get a, a more clear idea of what the starting lineup is going to look like. And I, I think some of that might even be matchup dependent. Um, but 
I, I think there's a lot of, uh, similarly for the Phillies, there's a lot of optimism about mm-hmm. the Sixers in this last you know quarter of the season that we have coming Give up. Give me 4-1 the rest of this month. You've got the Nets tomorrow night, you're home, you go on the road to Milwaukee, kind of a wild card game there. Um, Hawks at home, you go to Cleveland, who just fired their coach, or he stepped down, whatever you want to call it. It seemed uh, like a mutual kind of, uh, hey, you should uh, peace out. make like a tree and beat it. <laughs> Uh, and then the Knicks come to Philly to round out the month of February before you start your March schedule with that West Coast road trip. Give me four and one. I think four and one is very doable. Um, say that, but then you you just really don't ever know with this team. Um, four and one would obviously put you in, in a good position. I mean, the, you know, the two seed is, is lost at this point. You're, you're mm-hmm. not getting the two seed unless something absolutely insane happens where you actually do win every game. Um, but. You know, the three seed could be important. Even the fourth seed at this point, you know, get at least one home court advantage at this. And then, hey, uh, you get a crack at the team that apparently we've been building uh, for the past two years to beat in one series, which is the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, you, you get them right away, uh, hopefully, you know, if they don't get uh, beat by whatever the eighth seed is being, the, the magic. James Ennis, um, Markel Fultz, and the magic. I mean, God, what a what a series that would be. We actually played pretty bad against the magic, so I would be nervous. Um yeah, but, you know, hopefully this team can, can lock up that fourth seed because you don't really want to give that home court advantage to the Heat because they have just as good of a home court advantage so far this year as us. Um, although, strangely, I used to think it was just the seats, the way that they're kind of, like, colored in the arena, but I feel like they're always at, like, 70% capacity these days, the Heat, and I'm not really sure why. You know, in the few whenever we whenever we've been there, and then I, I watch a few of their other games, and it seems like no one shows up to Heat games. I guess they just have better things to do in Miami. I don't know. Not a great sport. Must be what it's state. like when it's not twenty degrees outside, and the best <laughs> Imagine. way the best way to do something else is like go watch the Sixers. <laughs> Before we move on to uh, this crazy proposed NFL CBA nonsense, uh, what do you think of the All Star Game format? Um, it was fun. I didn't catch uh, a lot of the All-Star game. I had a uh, family birthday party, which is why it's not also at the, the Mike Scott um, event. But uh, I think, you know, this is this is the way to go with, with having the captains. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the, just the superior option. Um, and it led to a great game. I caught the highlights of the game. And it's no secret or, or no surprise, I should say, that the last two years, the All-Star game has been cl- not only close, but a much more competitive mm-hmm. affair and much more like as a fan enjoyable to watch since they've switched to this idea of, Hey, let's just have the two best players from each conference, pick a team and go from there. Um, it leaves a little more, you know, roster balance. Cause you know, we always know the West typically much more loaded with stars. Mm-hmm. Um, so it allows you know, teams to be balanced, it allows some like guys that, you know, you like, you get to see Ben and Joel play against each other. That's cool. You get to see things like that happen. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm pro give players more control over this kind of stuff and, and let them let them be like schoolyard kids again. You know, like that's yeah. fun. And I think the format of scoring this year that changed, I loved it. You know, resetting the score after every quarter and then that fourth quarter being, you know, pretty much playing 21 to whatever the, the high score was. I thought it was fantastic. It made it that much more entertaining. And like you said, it was like schoolyard basketball just go at it and, and see who can win. You had the charity factor into it as well. You had, you know, the kids from each charity at the game, you know, actively, you know, rooting and cheering for whichever team uh, was supporting what they do in Chicago. And I thought it was really well done, and it's making its way to being the best all-star game uh, in the four leagues. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, that was um... – that's an aspect of the the home run derby I like as well is that they have, you have like the the charity kids that mm-hmm. pick like a, a player to get the support like it gives you a little extra edge and like a, a little more community involvement like those things help and make it all you know just tie it in a nice bow that make it just a lot more fun and engaging to watch so yeah I think the NBA is doing a good job I know that um, there's another robbery at the uh, the the dunk contest which sucks um, maybe that's the next thing to kind of get reshuffle thanks d wade yeah i mean it's just that you know the dunk contest has felt kind of stale this year it yes. was a good dunk contest but it's just you know because there's only there really is only you can so only much jump you over can so do. many people you know yeah and i mean honestly i feel like the heyday for that and maybe it's just because i was young and most people think the best time is when they were young mm-hmm. but you really can't beat the days of like blake griffin jumping yeah. over ikea and like the Dwight superman dunk like those things were cool and felt unique and you don't really have that anymore, and it's a surprise because you would think in a league now where the players are so much more visible and so much more connected with the fans mm-hmm. that you'd get something like that. But 
hopefully the dunk contest is the next one to kind of be revamped because I think it needs a little more juice. Agreed. Um, and obviously we now know that uh, Ben and Joel don't hate each other, so it, it's literally Philly against the world uh, for this last stretch run. Um, Joel posted the video of Ben smacking him on the ass, which was absolutely hilarious. They both posted pictures of each other together. Joel's caption, my brother. Um, and he spoke out about it, too, saying he thought years ago that the media was going to try to, you know, rip them apart. And here we go. You know, I think the whole narrative of Ben and Joel hating each other needs to be put to rest, put down six feet under, and never be brought up again because it's clearly not true. Yeah, I mean, we, we've all known that, like, they're obviously not, like, best, 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 best friends. Whatever. They don't have to be. They don't have to ride on a banana boat together. Um, they get along well, and they're, they were both young guys that have grown up together and certainly matured, and they certainly don't have any issue with the, each other, uh, like has been purported by some people. Like, uh, they're clearly good friends now and, and get along, and that's that's enough for me. And I think this All-Star Weekend was just another, you know, wrinkle into their friendship and being able to spend time together and being in Chicago just them, uh, I think, was big. Last bit of, of news we've got that came through today. Obviously, uh, it was made official as well. The Eagles have released uh, linebacker Nigel Bradham, uh, kind of more just a cap casualty. Eagles, please go get some very good linebackers, but thank you to Nigel Bradham for uh, be, being part of that Super Bowl team. But the big news overall league-wise, Matt, is according to Adam Schefter, uh, the current CBA proposal. Seven playoff teams per conference in the NFL playoffs instead of six. One playoff bye per conference instead of two. 17 regular season games instead of 16. Three preseason games instead of four. 17 games will not take effect until 2021 at the earliest this playoffs thing though why are you trying to ruin a good thing of all the leagues in my opinion the nfl has the best playoffs top to bottom there's nothing wrong with it there's nothing that needs to be fixed why ruin it yeah i I like actually every other change um besides the playoffs uh which i mean makes up about half the change (laughs) um like you said, you know, it's kind of the, the perfect way to do it, how you have it right now, where there's actual real incentive for being, you know, a number one or number two team in your conference, um, and that you, you get that buy and you get that, that home field advantage. Um, whereas now, you know, not having that extra rest when you're adding an extra regular season game doesn't really equate that, oh, we're adding an extra regular season, but you're losing a preseason game because most players are going to be playing uh, on a uh, on a playoff team aren't typically going to be playing preseason games they'll play like a total of like 40 minutes of preseason football um so you're not really you're not really adding anything there and in regular seasons obviously a much more competitive affair and um so i'm not wild about adding i I mean for the end nfl it obviously makes sense and for owners it makes sense because there's more money but you know, I, I, I don't think adding an extra game is really the wisest move when everything we're learning about football is that um, the, the more you're exposed and the more games you play, essentially, the worse uh, percentage of, of injury you're going to get. Um, and, you know, you already have guys limping into the playoffs, literally. So I, I don't really get the logic in adding a, an extra regular season game from a player standpoint, why they would necessarily want that. I get why the league wants it, of course, because it's money, but, um, you know, it's not the worst move either. Like, I don't think an extra regular season game is like the straw that broke the Campbell's back here, but, um, I do like shortening preseason. I think that's a Mm -hmm. move like the NBA did, like they made their preseason shorter. And I I think that's ultimately beneficial because frankly, like preseason is nice, but it's especially now with the XFL and the way that they have been performing these past couple weeks. Um, You've got guys that are those kind of fringe NFL roster players playing a full season of football now. Yeah, you, you don't you don't need them to have like the, those few runouts and and all that and and to decide who makes your roster. There's other avenues now opening up to to do that, and uh, I think that could be beneficial for the NFL as well. I just I don't know. I I think it's I'm pretty apathetic to these changes. I don't think the I don't think the playoffs is wise. The regular season I get. Um, I, I just think, you know, there, there has to be an incentive for it coming. You know, you could be 14-2, and two, theoretically, in your conference and finish second and not get a first-round bye. Like, that's just 
dumb and mm-hmm. it doesn't reward being a good team you know it just doesn't um i i, I think it's i think it's a, a bad look for the nfl yeah do better guys um i think that's all we got for you tonight like we said at the top of the show saturday we'll be back at douche arms for the first time in a long time um very excited to get back there and hang out with our friends at douche arms but make sure you guys are following us on twitter and instagram at underground phi make sure you follow matt on twitter at matt castarina Follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Let us know how you're feeling about this Philly season as we get close to the spring training games. Your thoughts on the Flyers making a playoff push. Uh, If you were at the Mike Scott Hive event, let us know your thoughts on that. And anything else that comes to mind, especially with these new NFL playoff proposals as well. Five stars only in the Apple Podcast reviews because we have standards and we know you do too. And if you don't have an iPhone, check us out on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Radio.com. Wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. And like we said, Design Tree, new promo code SPRING20 at checkout. You get 20% off your order whole site-wide to celebrate the second half of Sixers basketball coming up. Gear up. We've got a ton of Sixers merch in there. Got a lot of new Philly stuff. Get your Bryce Harper shirts that we launched. The headband Bryce shirts uh, are very dope. Make sure you check those out. DSGentry.com. Search Underground Sports Philadelphia. And uh, we'll be back on Saturday from Ducharms talking Sixers basketball, Flyers hockey, and uh, some Philly spring training as well. And if anything else comes to light with the Eagles and this NFL CBA, but uh, as always, guys, show brought to you by Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot Security 21, Wayne Wright Bernhardt Funeral Home, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Automall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. This has been Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 212. Shout out to Heather Barry for hopping on the show earlier, and uh, we will catch you guys on Saturday. So for Matt, I'm Kyle. We are signing off. Peace. Oh, people